0: Hi guys, and welcome back to the An Indian Mummy podcast. This is episode two. Uh, Just a little disclaimer that this episode will more than likely contain swearing. Uh, We'll be talking about taboo topics and may even be triggering as well. So if there's anything about that that you don't like, then please turn off. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I remember from a young age um, probably not that young but um, definitely in my teenage years always looking at magazines with these beautiful Asian women on the front and I think the, the one that was around the most was Asiana Wedding or Asiana Magazine, and that was who I aspired to be. I was not a typical, as I said before, Indian girl. Um, my parents weren't very traditional, but I still had traditional grandparents, and definitely those traditions were embedded within our family in some way or another. But I remember. As I started to get older I did start to think about maybe possibly one day getting married and having that family and being one of those women and you know those magazines they weren't cheap they were quite expensive actually for kind of that age so you'd have a little scroll through them put them back on the shelf Um, maybe if you came across them sort of maybe at hairdressers or I don't know some some sort of salon where you were visiting with your mum or something to get your hair done for like five pounds because it was so cheap um yeah looking through them and just thinking mm, really want to wear that sort of red wedding dress uh, with beautiful hair and the makeup and having all those people around and just this big fairy tale and for most of it that's true it really is beautiful magical and everything that you can dream of but as we all know in life it's never that perfect and life gets in the way, and and there's so much to navigate that requires being an adult than just all those pretty things. So I'd say that is the same story really for pregnancy and my journey through motherhood. So yeah, going back to my life as um, a young Indian girl, a British Indian girl, you know, I wasn't really into, like, Asian guys when I was younger... ...and didn't really have that in my mind... ...that I was definitely going to have that life... ...but like I said, as I started to get older... ...and started to socialise with different types of people... ...I started to want to be a little bit more involved... In, ...in that world, in that culture... ...because I almost felt like I did want that... ...potentially for my future... ...and if I was going to have children to kind of have that in my life and, and their lives um, and then I think as I started to get older it maybe wasn't something that it was necessarily happening to me but maybe to friends Asian um, Indian girls that I knew almost when you're gonna get married or what, what, what are your thoughts on finding a guy and settling down and get married now because obviously you know you're we're, we're, you're, you're steady in potentially you know when I was at university um, I did nursing for for my um, studies and you know that was quite well respected you know most people are quite proud especially in Indian Asian communities of like oh my daughter's a nurse or my son's a doctor it's normally that way around and not the other Um, but yeah it always kind of felt like it came down to even you know being born in Britain of but when are you going to settle down and, and you know that would be that would be ideal that would be the best thing for you and ideally with an asian guy ideally with somebody from the same background as you with a well-respected family um you know somebody who we would be proud to to say that you know they are they are part of our family and you're part of theirs which is fine i'm sure that is what most people want for their kids um you only want the best you want them to be happy but what what does that mean when you start to have those conversations when you're almost trying to define a girl and it may happen to guys I just don't feel like it happens as much where they're they're put a put under so much pressure on in terms of a time scale because they've got time um they can go off and study and Do what they need to do first and and then when they're ready then they can find a girl and and uh, and the girl probably would be quite much younger than them um because you know those expectations are put on girls a lot earlier so yeah those conversations happen not so much with me but i'm aware of them happening happening in families with my friends and it really started to make me think especially after having my own daughter that I never really heard those conversations happening where they wanted to make sure that the girls are healthy. You know, how's your health? Are we doing as much as we can as your family to make sure you're healthy mentally and physically so that when the time comes when if and when you're thinking of having kids, then then you'll be you'll be good to go. Um, are you happy? Are you doing stuff that makes you happy? If not, what could we do to support that? Is your education, you know, up to up to standard? Like, you know, do you want to do more? Do you want to do less? How can we support? How can we fund that? Uh, rather than trying to spend £50,000 on a wedding that you don't particularly want. And also, do you want to travel? Shall we go and travel as a family? Shall we let you explore the world slightly more than just settling down with somebody who you might have known for five minutes, potentially, and then be forced to kind of almost do that with them rather than being able to do that on your own independently or, or, or with your family and also probably the last thing that never ever gets discussed in an open way but is there any trauma that you need healing from before you start embarking on a journey where you're bringing somebody else into your life and all their baggage and then potentially going to have children and pass it on to them so yeah I think that was definitely not a thing um and I'm really hoping that it, it exists I'm really hoping that those conversations happen but I think if more families did that then there would not be so much um I don't know disconnection and I wouldn't need to be sitting here having this podcast probably because we'd all be you know getting on with it and feeling that we've got everything that we need before we even go on to a journey of marriage and and having kids because our families are having those conversations with us where we feel included and our voice is heard um and I think even in Britain like I said you know we're in the 21st century we're third generation um some of us of kids born in Britain and that's all we know. Some, I know some people in, in my age group have probably only ever been back home, as we call it, to India probably once in their lifetime and would not want to go back and or barely remember it. So this is home, this is everything we know, but we almost have those traditional values and those cultural beliefs in, built into us and drummed into us to an extent, even though they're probably not that relevant anymore. And I think that can lead to confusion. It's definitely dated, those conversations are dated. um, And we need to change the narrative a little to make sure that we're not losing our sense of self, but also, is that relevant still? And does it mean that we don't care where we've come from, that we are disrespecting that? No, it doesn't. It just means that no longer fits with what we need to be able to do in this, Modern day and age of everything constantly evolving, and we need to keep up with that, else we're going to get left behind and our kids will suffer. But I think, unfortunately, you know, as we know in families, there is that sort of Bollywood glamour element of it where you're kind of sitting around on a Sunday evening. Um, not so much, I mean, I didn't do this so much with my parents, like I said, it wasn't a thing, but I know, you know, maybe in my other family and friends that I know where you know you all sit down and watch a good old good old Bollywood Indian film or Pakistani film and you know it's beautiful you know everything's perfect in there everything is you know you've got the hero and you've got the villain you've got the damsel in distress you've got the really traditional parents who love them unconditionally but as long as everything fits into those boxes and you know the woman's glamour she's like size 8 and and beautiful and timid but feisty but all those things that we know you just can't be you you can't always be Bollywood it's just impossible but it but that's what sells um and actually I think if we're going to be honest about it it sells sex too I mean you know some of the outfits quite skimpy I mean I've never felt confident enough to wear some of those things to an Indian wedding because I'd probably get smacked round around the face but that's what we're aspiring to be like um that's what's in asiana magazine show your midriff show your ankles wear short sleeves but but don't do that don't really do that but i mean you know that's what we want you to be like because that's perfect that's perfection but you're not allowed to because actually you're our daughter or you're our sister um but, you know that's what we like you know actually if we're talking about sort of men's minds um and and also women of what what they want their kids to be and and what they put as pin up um it's confusing and actually it's quite if I'm gonna you know say if, I think it's quite gross um because actually women are more than just pieces of meat as we know and we're not there to dance to a tune and make roti which is chapati if anyone's wondering what that is um and stay in the kitchen and then bend over um it is just not you know it, it never has been and it never will be we're so much more than that and we need to we need to start steering away from um that crap really so yeah that's the sort of stuff that I think still exists to this day for some Asian girls, but I'm really, really proud to say I've started to notice as I'm now trying to navigate, because I'm such a grandma at times, um, this world on TikTok and seeing some actually some young Asian girls that are on there that are like, you know, they're selling, they're selling the dream that actually you know, I can be educated, but I can also have another side to me where I enjoy social media and I can get dressed up, but that doesn't mean that I'm not educated, I'm not going to do well, I'm not independent, um, you know, I'm not being respectful, it's actually, I can be all those things and so much more, um, and, I, and I think that's really great. So, yeah, in terms of sort of that and, and you know, telling girls, you know, now now's a good time, you're prime, good time to get married, you know, that happens, you have that big wedding i mean i did it i had a wedding probably had about a thousand people there and i'd, I'd love to say that I, I was able to sit and talk and thank every one of them but i wasn't and we all know that that doesn't happen um and you know it is a lot about asian traditions about respecting that we came from a community when when our grandparents came over here where we all had to stick together and be there for each other as a big extended family but life's not so much like that anymore and you can have family and you can have so-called family friends that were once really close or were were really close for your grandparents era but you might never have met them so they are effectively strangers and I think it's just breaking down that it doesn't mean that you don't respect that time but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's important to you as an individual there might be other people in your life that don't really fit that narrative of what you're grandparents or parents think you know your friends should look like or your partner should look like but if they make you happy then that's your circle and I think that's starting to happen slowly but surely maybe Covid has helped that where people are having less big fat Indian weddings and just saying screw that we're not going to waste our money and spend 100 grand on a party for a day and we're going to do do what works for us so I think I'm starting to notice those things happening but maybe maybe women are still not able to kind of have those conversations because the parents ultimately pay for stuff you know most parents do pay for the girls weddings and that's a kind of tradition in asian culture where the the girls side will pay for the the main part of it and again that is a little bit of a stereotypical outdated view that The parents will pay for a girl to get married because they need to pay for it so that the guy and 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 the 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 guy's parents will accept the girl because it's almost like a gift we know we need to marry our girl off um we'll pay for her well even there's such thing as a dowry of of which used to be given um in the olden days as a as a bribe i'd say to to take the girl um as if the woman is not enough on her own um so that's a bit of an outdated concept but you know it's fine you know, that you know for, it's also done for so many positive reasons because parents love their children and they want them to have the best day but it's just again breaking it all down as to why do we still do this stuff and how is it relevant And then it goes on to, when are you having a baby? So, you're married, you're happy, presume you're happy, you know, being married, or everything's perfect, never gonna have any issues. So when are you having a baby? But we don't really wanna talk about how you're gonna make baby, if there's any issues with you having a baby, what the struggles might be doing that, but just when are you thinking, when are you having it? And let us know when it's here, as if it's almost just an easy process. It's something that is so natural. Everyone should be able to do it. It whether you, whether you want one or not. I mean, that's not even gonna come into the picture. But just when? When is it? And and ideally, as soon as possible. You know, as soon as that rings on the finger, you know, get down to it. But like I said, no one's willing to have those conversations about. Well, hang on. There's so much more to just popping out a child. There is so much to that that we need to delve into before people just start having kids because it's almost expected. Being pregnant was such a journey and I have to say I absolutely loved it. Um, I really, really enjoyed all the hormonal sort of takeover that I experienced um, and how it felt knowing I was carrying a child and creating life and you know I know that isn't always the case for a lot of women. I did really suffer with sort of um, nausea, um, morning sickness obviously um, but it you know it lasted quite a few weeks in the beginning and it wasn't just in the morning time and you know, it almost lasted all day until the evening until I could maybe stomach to eat something you know slightly beige and you know I had to take a little bit of time off work because in my line of work you know everything was sort of triggering that like gag reflex I could you could say um so it it was beautiful you know and and it was it was it was a magical time it was like nine months of you know pure bliss because you know at the end of it you can have this beautiful little baby this beautiful little babbling baby as part of your family and everyone's going to be so happy for you and life will be great and you know for for the most of it that that's true it is the best thing that's ever happened to me and my husband and our families but as we know there's another side which is the process and all those things and the, the roller coaster of emotions that you go through and the unpredictability of it all um and you know it takes me back really to when when I was younger and I remember maybe like my cousins being born and you know obviously I was a younger and you know I, I was I was you know too young to understand what it means to be a woman and and how that would look for me when I was older but you know your focus is just on how's that baby how is the baby you know not how's the mom or how's how's so and so because they're fine of course they're fine this is something that happens all the time loads of people give birth it's really natural um and you know you just you just get on with it that that's life. Surely um but yeah it's it's a process in which you have to you know women are amazing creatures we're really really strong um the fact that you know you can be walking around tesco or w- working and you know when i was working you know as a nurse i was still very much clinical and doing all those things you know lifting and you know pulling and pushing and running around with, you know, not so many breaks and trying to make sure I act regularly. But, you know, the nature of the job is the nature of the job. And, you know, you're doing all of that whilst you're possibly, you know, creating some brain cells or finishing off the vessels to the heart, you know, or creating a little toe and a little finger. You know, you're, you're building organs, you're building a mini-human over, over the months and all while your body changing and your hormones, you know changing and your your hair falling out and you know mentally probably deep down those fears that start to develop about when the day comes you know what what will that look like for me and and how will my life change and you know I had a really supportive network of friends and colleagues who you know without I think I would have struggled because I have to say working in a a multicultural team. I had lots of input from, you know, Asian colleagues who very much had that sort of traditional advice. You know, or oh, have have lots of kids while you're young, and you know, do this and do that, and and you'll be fine. And then, you know, my white colleagues and you know my my British and my English colleagues who had that more Western thinking and were happy to have those. You know, icky conversations about how it, what it looks like when you give birth, and what it actually means, and you know how you actually might feel, and that it's okay. You know, and I was really lucky, um, but it may, got me thinking. You know, what if there are women out there who don't have that circle just because of the nature of, you know, how their lives are, and maybe they they don't don't go out to work, or you know, they have have limited exposure to those those kind of people and and those kind of communities, and and maybe they're really intertwined in their own um Asian community. But actually when we get into hospital and we we get in to have our babies, you know, it's it's a it's a very westernized concept, the hospital setting and and all those things and all those machines and you know all the technical questions and and sort of the forms and the um processes of, you know, sort of conventional ways to give birth. You know, it's only recently over the last sort of i'd say you know 10 20 years maybe if you know i'm just thinking out loud that we've started to do that sort of more home homely environment where women go into hospitals now and you know sort of give birth in what looks like sort of like your living room you know with with a bath in it and a bouncy ball um but i remember when um my aunt uh gave birth you know or, or it doesn't even necessarily mean it was a relative, you know, it was almost anyone who had a kid, it was a big event and it was exciting and you'd pop along and you'd all cram yourselves into one car and head off down the hospital and this was, you know, pre-COVID and pre pre the days where you would you know they wouldn't mind if you had like 10 visitors in a room and you know if you were lucky that that woman had like a side room private for her and you'd all go in and you know you'd scuttle together you and your cousins all scuttling in you know in, in the dead of night and off off to see that little baby who you know doesn't even know who you are isn't bothered you know just wants its mom and its dad um and you just go in and be like, oh, how's baby? You know, want to see the baby. How's baby? How is the baby? That is the question that that get asked, that gets asked, you know. Um, you know, what is it? Boy, girl? What are we going to name it? You know, have they got long eyelashes? What's their hair colour? How many toes do they have? All while mum's lying in that bed, pretty much probably feeling like she's been, over, been run over by a train because I definitely know that's how I felt. So now thinking back, you know, those are the things that we used to do and we were, you know, that was part of our family life. You know, oh, the baby's here, the baby's paramount, the most important thing. And, you know, that that's it. The jo- You know, it's joyous. But as we know, come, comes with hard work, you know, you've got to go through that process and get that baby into the world. And, you know, I always had a fear um, and it's maybe not so so much now. Um, now that I've had my daughter but I remember always having a fear of not making it through the childbirth and I don't know why that's, that's just something that I've always had um, and it is a really scary time and I just wish that maybe I'd ask questions but I suppose I didn't know what questions to ask about how to prep for that that moment and knowing that there's nothing you can do about it the baby's going to come when the baby's going to come but is there anything I should know is there anything I should do and if not what should I be focusing on and not worrying about so that I'm rested and ready for when baby comes and then post baby you know what's the most like most important thing that I need to worry about that I need to make sure I get comfortable doing you know what other stuff can I filter out and other people can do for me other people are on standby to support me with or do I just need to navigate all on my own and just hope for the best you know I wish I'd asked those questions but I also think that knowing what I know now you know I have friends that have had babies and you know um, colleagues friends family who will be having them are pregnant and and I just think you know I don't want to be that person to be like oh I need to tell you you know this is what what you need to be expecting but at the same time I definitely don't want to sugarcoat anything if someone was to ask me a question and be like you know how was your experience my experience is my experience and someone else's experience is their experience but the fundamental bottom line is is that we all have a job to do and we need to support each other and be open and honest about how we can help each other understand what's important in that process what can we do to help each other so it's less stressful less painful um you know less traumatic and knowing that what can we do to support that i.e you know in terms of stupid stuff like the advice that we give to um to, to, to family members, maybe guys, and, you know, like, oh, I remember what it felt like. So actually, you know, if, if someone says, oh, don't don't think she's coping very well, actually, what does she need? Rather than talking about her as the, the, the mother, as if she's, you know, not in the room, you know, actually, now I get it. Now I understand how she must be feeling and the fear and the uncertainty. So I'm going to talk to her and ask her and see if she wants, you know, what she needs so that the baby's okay. Because actually there is no other person that is more important in that room to that child than that mother and that is so important for us to bring it back to that, that we are important enough that we need to get married, important enough that we are the ones that need to make that baby, but as soon as a baby comes along it's, oh baby's here now, thank you so much, you've done your job and off you go and scuttle off back to your bed, but actually as I've definitely found out um that baby needs you more than 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 they'll ever do and actually the 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 network of people around need to be super supportive to facilitate that so that the baby then can grow into that person that everybody wants them to be so that you know once once those few months are up and and that bonding process has kind of been cemented then go you know, off you go, take that baby and babysit them as much as you like, So I'm pretty sure that the mum and dad are going to need as much sleep as they can to catch up, but, you know, in them early days, it's about saying, you know, actually, this is about, it's about her, you know, of course, it's about your husband, of course, it's about the partner, they play a massive role, but actually, what are the needs and what are the wishes of, of the mother, um, you know, and that is a whole episode in itself too, you know, to really go into my experience, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was up and down, it, you know, it, it really felt like a year, it felt like 10 years, you know, it went so quick, but at the same time, I went through so much, all, you know, mentally and physically, it changed me as a person, but it's made me come out of it thinking, you know what what kind of things do we need to be a bit more open about to discuss and talk about and in the the beginning you know phase of you know the pregnancy you know it's not just about sort of you know what what do we want as a family how how do we want it to fit into our family you know actually what 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 does a couple want what does a mother want you know from making decisions about how she wants to birth that child whether it's a home birth or in the hospital right until what does she want to do in terms of feeding um you know do do they want to do they want to coast you know do they want to have the baby in the room for a year or you know all those things you know everyone's got an opinion on them everybody will tell you what they think is right and wrong but actually it's not their journey um and it's about offering advice to say well this is what I did um and this worked or this is what I did and it didn't work or actually if you're thinking of doing it like this I know someone who also um went through that and it's about being non-judgmental and sharing stories so that women can make their own minds up so they feel empowered because damn we are powerful I you know regardless of anything else you know we are creating life and we do that especially as Asian women you're trying to navigate that by being a good a good daughter-in-law, good daughter, a good wife, you know, keeping it all together and then becoming a mum. And, you know, if we can do that and, and we can get through that and and do a good job, then then no one can, can tell us what what we need to do. If anything, they need to take note of how well you do it and how well we do it. Um, so, yeah, I just think, you know, the, the story needs to go from how is the baby to how is the mum. And then how is the baby? Is there anything that we can do to support um you and support your husband or you know, your partner if, if you if you if it isn't a husband and it's a woman, whatever. The world the world is looking different, the world's changing, the picture is changing and we need to roll with that and say, you know, what do you want for your family? Because this is your family. We've had our turn. We had our turn to raise our kids and all we're gonna be now is a support. Um, So we can enjoy the journey with you and not take it over and not take on that as if we know better and we can choose for you. Um, And that way you'll have a lot less uh, in the way of postnatal depression, a lot less women being isolated, a lot less women who don't feel they're bonding with their child a lot less people who feel pressured into having a next child when they don't want to and all the trauma that follows on from that, which we do not want to continue. You know, we're trying to break generational trauma and the way to do that is starting off by making sure that the next generation of children that we bring into the world are loved for all the right reasons and supported, but the only way you can do that is by supporting the women and supporting the mothers and making sure that you're doing your bit to be that support to them rather than expecting that they will provide you with everything that you want as a family which is to bring kids into the world for you so that somehow it fills that gap that maybe some people seek it's not there for that and kids are not there for that so it's just about bringing it back to you know women are so much more than just baby makers um we are we are we are multi-dimensional educated women who want to do all those things and sometimes we can't and that's fine but rather than finding solutions for us or telling us how you think it should be done or how so-and-so's daughter did it blah 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 be part of the story and the support so that actually that child is raised in a family where everyone's opinions are respected and ultimately if its mother is respected and loved unconditionally then there is only one way for that childhood to go and that's a happy hopefully thriving childhood um, full of unconditional love all around so yeah thanks for listening to this episode um i hope you enjoyed it